0: Welcome back to this film not rated, a branch of the Music City Drive-In Podcast Network, where we try to not rate what we watched this week uh, while talking full spoilers. So I'm Eric. Uh, I'm Curtis, and we have special guest star. Ah, uh, this is Nick. So there is a bit of a competition that we
1: go through on this film not rated. Uh, it's called the this film not rated gauntlet, where uh, when there's a guest, the guest goes through the gauntlet by by us asking a series of ten questions, and he has to answer those questions objectively. But, the
0: real reason why we're here, Eric, what did you watch this week? I saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I know that we just talked about it last week, but this is going to be essentially a part two to that, because I need to talk about it. And also, I watched everything everywhere all at once. Revenge of the Sith, episode three, as we've been going through this. I think we, we just all watched that together. And gradually watching more movies that are new.
1: I watched the Evil Dead trilogy because after seeing Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Menace, it put me in a
2: big Sam Raimi mood. So the movies I watched this week were Oh, yeah. Also... Hey, guest, what did you watch this oh, week? okay. <laughs> so this week I saw Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Menace for the third time. Whoa. You... And then I asked, just yesterday I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Everywhere.
0: Which one was better?
2: Hmm. It, that one's kind of hard to judge just because I'm a Marvel shill and I absolutely love the Marvel movies and things for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madden just worked for me. While everything all at once was a spectacular movie
0: and that's the noise that you hear whenever you give a subjective opinion. You were doing only great. in the golf. Gaunt- yeah, Yo, you were doing freakishly well at being objective. The
1: second you said "spectacular" is when you got in, in, into the realm of subject. Of well, no, a he subject- said the
0: movie was. Yeah. Even if he had said, "I thought," he was going on a rant. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you mm. off. I was setting up a bit, and you almost ruined the bit <laughs> in like the best way. That was incredible. Sorry, you actually might do better okay, than I. So originally. this section is objective. Yeah, no, okay. we can no, say, no, no. no, you can say whatever we want. I just didn't get to uh, point out the buzz noise that we hear yeah. in the gauntlet later. The gauntlet is the only part where we're doing that right now. You get yeah. to talk however you want for yeah. now. Okay.
1: So, uh, Nick, out of the three movies that you watched this week,
2: which two do you want to talk about in this podcast? I definitely think Everything, Everywhere, All at Once and Doctor Strange in The Multiverse of Madness are the ones that are like freshest on my mind. Okay. So, everything, everywhere, all at once was just... It's so interesting compared to, like, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where both almost lean on this idea of, are you happy? Now, Multiverse... Like, everything, everywhere, all at once doesn't explicitly say it the way uh, Multiverse of Madness does, where he's constantly asked the question, are you happy? While everything, everywhere, all at once goes more into this idea of, like, kind of showing and not telling, where... Um, Wayman wants to work things out with his wife, but he's gotten to a point where she just won't. So he's the one initiating those divorce papers, where in the beginning of the movie, it seems like she's not happy, therefore she's initiating the divorce.
0: There was something almost formulaic at first about Everything Everywhere All at Once, where, um, it's, it's Michelle Yeoh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as Evelyn. That's okay, the, Evelyn, yeah. that was her name. And Ki Kwan, and, uh, as is, mm-hmm. uh... Wait, a Wait a minute. Minute. Short round. And, um, yeah. Oh, my Oh, gosh. God, he is. You didn't know that? No. He, short round and um, Goonies. There's recently been a trend, an upswing in uh, Asian representation in cinema. Yes. Mm. He was basically like, you know, I'm going to miss the boat if I don't. Mm. Yeah. There's like a quote. And, and so he came back, and I have to tell you, can you imagine the decades of that guy going around smiling and being the... the, the person that he seems to be while everyone is quoting these two movies (laughs) you know his whole life Mm -hmm. to be able to sit down and look up and watch a character very much similar with at least the public's view of him take off that satchel and whip the shit out of everybody and yes. yet be this like beacon of hope on why mm-hmm. when you experience any kind of adversity, any kind of pigeonholing, any kind of negativity, sometimes the way you fight it is with heart and kindness. Mm-hmm. Like that he got to basically be himself and be mm-hmm. a hero. Yeah. After. Oh my god. The biggest gosh. thing
2: that I love, I really enjoyed about everything, everywhere, all especially with Wayman and Evelyn is that at every turn, Evelyn is undercutting him. She's like, no, no, shut up. She's trying to handle the situation and she won't let go. When he steps into the situation, it gets better. Yeah, it's just hit her, it's lack like a, her lack it. and willingness of communication is what's driving mm-hmm. this wedge between them. Because, like you know, talking to the Jamie Lee character, and she's like, <laughs> "Wait, what did you do?" She's like, "He's like, I don't know, I just explained our situation." So, so
1: not only do you have Michelle Yeoh's character putting a wedge between her and her daughter because mm-hmm. of, of of her sexual orientation, but also her daughter not having the 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 fortitude or faith to like actually stand up to her, to her mom, so there's, like, that mm-hmm. going on. And then you get the same kind of relationship between Michelle Yeoh and uh, gon Gong, played by uh, James Hong. Uh, and so you have the sense of, of a generational gap yeah. going through the entire movie. And how it... it the, the funniest thing about this whole thing is how it takes the multiverse breaking down for them to solve any of their problems because mm-hmm. they just can't talk to each other like human beings.
2: Yeah. So I understand that. And, like, I think the interesting thing so far, like, with the movie and, like, leading up to the end is, like, she's, like, driving these wedges at every turn. Mm -hmm. But then I think my favorite sequence as a movie is when she's literally just staring Wayman in the face and the lights are flashing because she's experiencing all the different universes at once. And just showing her, like, no matter what path that they took, eventually their love brings them back together. And it's her rediscovering this love for him, for her family, wanting to work things out and actually talk yeah. you know it, it was just like a nice like breakthrough realization for like but like you said it takes the multiverse for that to happen
0: there's such a there's such a strong i, I have two two huge things that i, I want to get out about this movie one of them the the relationship between a mother and a daughter and things that are so unique and specific to that relationship yeah. judgment and these kind of things like there's something special about that that really like exists in that moment. There's something there. The exposition dumps early in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like the, the tell don't show aspects of this movie, you are like flooded with information yeah. to the point that it's sort of a gag because she keeps asking him to repeat things and say, he doesn't listen and things like that. Like, you know, like maybe you're just bad at explaining things, you know, they're going on and on about it. And, but the thing is, it sort of lays this padding for you to go do anything from dildo martial arts <laughs> ass fights, so all the way to uh just like compassionate hot dog finger licking, which mm-hmm. I know all that sounds sexual, but it's it's to like really grounded martial arts. And uh, like, here's the thing this movie, you can pick apart whether the exposition is a good thing, you can pick apart whether performances are justified or not. Everything in this movie exists as it is. Because of everything that came before it, and everything that's not in this movie is not in this movie just because that time in the future hasn't passed yet. Mm-hmm. And I know that's just, just like generic bullshit that you could say about anything, but as something that references so many different styles mm-hmm. of movie making, yeah. aspect ratio changes, <clears throat> different pokes. At what people enjoy and what's important to different people, how the scale goes from "save the universe, Luke Skywalker" from Darth Vader all the way down to "hug your daughter because she doesn't feel accepted." Everything, Curtis. Yes. The big question I wanted to ask you: How long did it take you to catch on to the Wangai like, world?
1: I'm assuming you're talking about when, when where she doesn't have kids and it's a cinema world. Yes, uh, uh, it. It wasn't until they were outside... In he, the alleyway. And he was smoking, talking. The dialogue was uh, very Wong Kar-wai. And the way it was shot is instantly it Wong was, Kar-wai.
0: Okay, yeah. So I see this shot. And is like, I don't know why I didn't pick up on it earlier. Because he his hair slicked back mm-hmm. and the suit he's wearing. It's, he looks, looks it's a very he distinct feeling. It's no, like, he, like Tony he's, Leung. I, yeah,
2: he's
1: dressed like Tony Leung. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's, he's oh, dressed like Tony Leung. Gotcha.
0: There's this shot... And I, I, I whapped me on the shoulder and I was like, it's a Wong car Y Universe, it's a Wong God, what, you know. And it's because he was in like the, the far left side of the screen. And, and the, it... the aspect ratio was fully open on the thing. And there was just that green tint over everything. Yes. And then right when I whapped her on the shoulder to say that, it cut away and the passengers in the back one were doing that jittered. Uh, shutter frame walking. Yes. That was it's straight out of Chungking Express and, yeah. and uh, Fallen Angels. A couple of other
1: films, yeah. It was around the halfway point of this movie that uh, you... I actually don't think the main character is Michelle Yeoh. She is by far the driving force, but the character that the whole thing is focused on is her daughter.
2: I think the funniest thing about that, because again, we're going to be Soon. talking about Soon. another multiversal movie, where honestly... I would say Doctor Strange is not your driving force of that movie. It's probably, it's more than likely well, Wanda. Hang on a second. You're thinking of something.
0: No, because of what you just said. Both movies start with a figure mm-hmm. who are pulled by a figure that comes out of the multiverse to encounter an evil force that is spreading from mind to mind in their own head in another universe. Yeah. In the end, literally, she lets go. Yeah. In order to let the girl do is do it, and it's just her being her honest self.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I mean, it's a little bit different, but it's eerie how it is.
2: Similar. And but the thing is, like, there's no way, like, when they're both writing these movies, that they can know those similarities are gonna happen. No way. No a- way.
0: A twenty four is not talking to Disney.
1: But basically, she's but throughout throughout the entire movie, without without much being said, she is anxious, she is isolated, she is mm-hmm. depressed, and very clearly. She is trying to commit suicide at the end. Yeah. Oh, definitely. She wants to be sucked into the void. And that's probably the uh, the most emotional part of the movie for, for, for me. Because, you know, it's it's actually the grandfather from the other universe that's wanting her to go away. Because that's the evil force. And once the evil force is, is gone. But the mother is so determined to just not let go despite oh the strife. Gosh. She literally pulls her out. And then r- right after that, she's out by the car. They're going... She lays into everything that she finds fault in with her daughter, mm-hmm. but still says, no matter what, I'm going to be here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The acceptance that that is your world completely, the bad and the good and everything. And, and I got to tell you that the moment that she calls out her father, Michelle Yeoh calls out the grandfather for, why could you let me go so easily? That like, you have your own faults too. There's, there's tradition mm-hmm. and there's the pressures that tradition holds and people are at fault when they let that eat their relationship and divide them. Yeah. Like, woo.
2: People have talked about, like, this movie, you know, like, obviously, for a lot of people, it's probably the best movie of the year. Because it's, it's such a good movie and it's fantastic. But it's like, people are also comparing Doctor Strange to it and be like, oh, this movie did a multiverse movie better. Mm. But if I went into Multiverse of Madness and then this was the movie I got, it, I don't think that would be good either. Yeah,
0: you'd be like swept away in something else that feels good, but you wouldn't have gotten what you wanted. Exactly. No,
1: you're getting like, like you get more snippets of the wider mult- multiverse, but, yeah. but but you're not seeing the world of that multiverse. Those char- mm-hmm. that the person who inhabits that world is being transferred to someone else in a completely different world. Yeah. It's well, mainly in the we- one universe.
0: Why don't we segue to Doctor Strange okay. and then make him do Revenge of the Sith and the Gauntlet?
2: That sounds fun for me. Yeah, that's fine. I think these movies are... Because people want to compare the two movies anyway, so... And I want
0: to talk about the new movie Freely. Yeah. Did you
2: actually ever read, like, the quick snippet bio of this movie? Mm-mm. It's a, It's a fucking lie. What is it, it? it literally says, this movie starts off with Doctor Strange causing a spell that rips the multiverse and then leads throughout the movie. And it's like, that is not what happens in this movie. No. Doctor Strange casts a that's forbidden spell that
1: opens a portal to, to the, the multiverse.
2: multiverse. However,
1: a threat emerges that may be too big for his team to handle. That is totally not this movie at all.
0: Yeah, that's not his movie at all. So here's the thing. People have been talking about the marketing and all this. Last time we talked about this, we talked about how confused it was, how divided, how it seems like comic book fans are seeing a totally different movie from uh, cinema fans and then some of the criticisms just make no sense. Like the movie feeling bloated. Right. Mm -hmm. You chop this movie up into 10 minute segments and it's addressing different movies. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... Doctor Strange and his happiness, and that doesn't come back till he faces corrupt, evil Doctor Strange who destroyed a universe. Mm-hmm. America Chavez, and that doesn't come back till you're dealing with the Illuminati. Wanda, and that doesn't come back till you're dealing with Wanda and a corpse body of Doctor Strange. Like, the, it's like three different movies operating, but these threads I feel like could so tie together that I actually think it's not bloated, it's too chopped up and needs to be longer.
2: Yeah, we've talked about this, where this movie yeah. feels like. It needed another 15 to 20 minutes, really, yeah. to get across what I think it wanted to That's
0: What how it really bent. shocked me, and this was something I was I was saying confused me when I was talking to Curtis before, is, is people are saying he's bloated, but I thought the narrative was simple from the description that I understood just from spoilers. Yeah. Like, this synopsis is wrong, but by all accounts of the trailers and the stuff that they did a very poor job of hiding, mm-hmm. it was very clear what was happening. Yeah. And the story is very, very simple. So for anyone out there who felt like it was too complicated, this is it. Doctor Strange feels like he lost his chance to be happy. He looks across the multiverse and sees that he still doesn't have the chance to be happy. And then he learns over the course of this movie that if he continues to pursue this, he's going to be corrupt by this. And Mm -hmm. it is going to turn him into something that's not worth it. And he has to accept reality for what it is. And when he learns this, this is what he uses... To stop Wanda. Yeah. Like, I think people are, are really not appreciating how well this is introduced. I'm not, I'm not like I'm winking at anyone here. But if you're going to talk about the genius of the opening of Star Wars, how clearly it communicates the Rebels versus the Empire. And you're going to look at someone who seems to be mothering a field, like plants. And then she... Unlifts a veil and they're all dead and rotted in service of her hunting down something that's corrupting her. Mm-hmm. That instantly tells you the story of what's going on. Yeah. Yep. Uh,
2: I, it's- because literally, the dark hold is corrupting her and the land as she's using it. Because you can see the house that she stays in the background. Right. It but you destroyed. don't need
1: to see. Right. But you don't need to see the dark hold
2: or or, or anything to understand visually what yeah. is going on. The visual yeah. language of the movie is very well done. I think people's biggest complaint in terms of that, are like Wanda's turn, is that they're like, oh, it's just too sudden. And to me, having watched <laughs> WandaVision and watching that post-credit scene a year plus See, ago, the first thing I thought was, "Oh my God, she has the dark hold, She's the villain of Doctor
0: Strange." Well, and I was thinking about it. Here's the thing: the narrative of Wanda, if you don't have WandaVision at all,
2: makes no sense. No, it no, it, yeah, it it absolutely makes, does. it doesn't. No, it makes complete sense. The
0: only there's only one detail that they omit, mm-hmm. and that's that those children are a product of her and vision. Yes, because she experienced blowing Vision's head out. Yes. Then she experienced Thanos killing Vision. Yep. Then she experienced getting revenge on Thanos. And then we would have never seen her again and known where she was. Yeah. So this idea that she was in a good place and she changed too quickly.
2: So like if you're like, if you're going by the rules established by this movie, which they do when they first introduce her, is to dreamwalking. Yeah. And they show her having, like being with those kids. Yes. Which I mean, it's not explicitly stated in this movie because some people are like, hey, how does she know what the kids look like in her bubble? Yeah. Well, it's already established in this movie that when you dream, the things you're seeing are of a multiverse. Yes. She's probably seen her kids in her dream before, Mm -hmm. and that's where they subconsciously came from. And
0: honestly, I would even go so far as to argue you don't even need them to be Vision's kids for her to want a family. Yeah. After losing her brother and everything. She
2: she definitely wants the family with Vision, but he's off doing whatever because he's not the same Vision anymore, and I think she's accepted that because... One, he tried to kill her when she encountered him in WandaVision, mm-hmm. but she's already like had that closure with the vision that she had. That was a piece of her memory, being able to say goodbye, knowing that one day they will get to say hello again. Yeah. But now is not that time. Her focus is now transition to the children. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, it seems for most people and who have kids, that's their focus. Like maybe their significant other maybe doesn't always have much of importance, which they obviously should, but mm-hmm. you see it with... Adults all the time where once they have children The focus becomes those children Yeah,
0: It did absolutely feel like a Sam Raymond movie I had my doubts on whether that felt like Because he was sort of referencing a lot Rather than it being actually it But like there's so many things Like I criticize a lot of um, uh, The last two Avengers movies Uh And the Spider-Man movies Of a lot of the heavy lifting Is done by the VFX team Right. And I don't know how much of that can be consistently guided by the director. Because, I mean, all the way back to the first Iron Man, the mm-hmm. production team has talked about how they have their hand in the pot pointing out to make these Marvel moments where the superheroes pull off iconic you know, things that are to, yeah. to their character. Yeah. And so when I see a whole ton of VFX sequences, mm-hmm. I, I instantly question how much of it is people who are a fan of Sam Raimi Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just happening to do a good job. Or if it's, if it's like a Sam Raimi stamp of a thing and you know what, at a certain point I just check out from that and just think like, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing. This is goofy and funny Mm -hmm. and freaky and the way she's crawling around makes my skin crawl. (laughs) And these demons are awesome. And Hey, yes, that face makes me think of army of darkness and that's hilarious. And like, I'm thinking so many positive things that I, I just yield over to like, I don't care. I don't care. I, I I believe it was Sam Raimi, but I don't really care if it was Sam Raimi. It still feels like this kind of unique movie. Mm-hmm. That,
2: yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. His
1: his his touches is, is everywhere. Like like the uh, apple field where you see it's it's corrupted and it's panning upward as uh, Doctor Strange is heading back to the Sanctum, saying same to him. and Wong like appears on on the first first layer, and then the background kind of dissolves mm-hmm. into the into the Sanctum. Is that's a very Sam Raimi style thing of editing yeah. that you don't see? Well, yet. even
0: just goofy things like like that he had to light a crap ton of candles in order to to be in the thing, and then of course all the candles have to blow out when the evil thing comes by, and of
1: course the camera has to whoosh around the ca- the yeah. candles as they're doing it.
0: Oh my gosh, the camera moving everywhere, just moving, just mm-hmm. move it, move it, swish it yeah. around. This, like
1: the scene is chaotic, so the can so the camera's going to be equally as chaotic.
0: Yep. And I gotta be honest, I I I I don't have overt, over the top emotional reactions to things. I did when I saw Andrew Garfield. I did when when Cap caught Mjolnir. But I gotta be honest, I got a little bit of chills when Wanda looked at me. She broke that fourth wall because it was so appropriate. Yeah. Because she's it, she's mean, glaring through multiverses, yeah. and that includes ours for a second. Yeah. Like
2: in the middle of a possession, too. Like yeah. it just really adds a nice touch to the scene.
0: I just think Dr. Strange and his overarching story is so underappreciated. It
2: really is. My, I think the reason why some people have issues with his arc in this movie, because some people are like, where is the discernible arc? Which I know you already talked about. But to me, this felt a lot like um, Bruce Banner and the Hulk through those Avengers movies where he has his arc going on in the background of yes, other people's movies. exactly. And I think that's what's going on with Strange yep. from the first one. Because you kind of see him do what he needs to do like in Infinity War or Endgame because you're in the middle of a war. You have to do what you have to do. As we see the Strange from the 838 universe thought he had to do what he had to do by using the Darkhold. Yep. But then, you know, you have No Way Home where you have that exact same line that's thrown out at the beginning of this movie about how your sacrifice to the, is like incalculable to the multiverse in, like it means more
1: in in the grand calculus
2: of 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 the multiverse their sacrifices uh, is more meaningful than their than their lives yes it so, means more than their life but when he says that in spider-man no way home first thing that peter says is strange have a heart yeah it almost shows like how he's kind of gone more oh, straight and narrow and maybe that was i mean they don't show it on screen but that might have been the first time he had to look inward after he saw like peter actually succeeding just, but now you've kind of learn from that experience you're more open to the child you're more caring yeah and you see how that pays off
0: i i just it's an it's just another one that i think is going to be underrated dr strange is going to continue to be underrated this will
2: be like the cult version of like or the version of a cult movie for i think for marvel fans because to me i don't know how you get better than like when he's getting ready to dream walk and she's like don't you have to have a strange in your universe for you to be able to dream walk you said anything about a, a live one or something like I that. I knew
0: it. I, like, I knew... Because, like, you'd already seen in the trailer the zombie him. Yeah. When they buried that body in the on, in the building, uh-huh. I was like, they jumped between people's heads... Okay, I'm just gonna wait for it to happen. Yeah. Like honestly, is... I
2: forgot about Defender <laughs> Strength being buried in there. So to me, the the line was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Yeah, but also the way the hand is
1: like poking out of the ground when he does resurrect yeah. is is uh, it's, it's, it's well delivered. You well, know? oh, yeah. it, it, it's that it's it, it's also very Army of Darkness. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, speaking of Army of Darkness, I think it's
0: time to move on to the Evil, the Evil Dead Two. <laughs> oh. So like the Wanda dipping her hand into water, right? Straight out of Evil Dead Two. Yep. Yes. The witch's voice, all of these things—they're so clearly inspired by the same yep. guy. So. so,
1: we we did talk about the Evil Dead on this one, which is clearly like a a, a very like limited team, small personal project that they
0: thirteen broke, person crew
1: that they broke their backs to make.
0: Almost literally. Slept in a cabin. Didn't even have two separate sets for the outside and inside of the cabin. Just stayed out there to make it.
1: And the movie did so well, they were able to make a second one, I think, with a bigger budget and I think a studio.
0: Funding. Yes, but they didn't have the rights to the original. So and they
1: had to remake the first one with just Ash and Linda. Forget yeah. everyone else. It's it couldn't be the
0: same plot.
1: You
2: just redo it real quick. But right. it's
0: funny. There was a producer that wanted it to be uh, Army of Darkness. But then, some like either that or Sam Raimi himself wanted to go straight into making Army of Darkness. But instead, someone was like, nope, I just want the success of Evil Dead." But they couldn't, so they had to call it Dead by Dawn until much later.
1: Yeah, because the, the, somehow they got the rights back, so they're able to call it Evil Dead. Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. But how to do uh, this is so. If, if 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 Evil Dead One is Sam Raimi trying his his darnest to make a horror movie on a on such a low budget, Evil Dead Two is. Him leaning into the goofiness and just going full. I'm putting my personal stamp on this yep. everywhere. I'm like,
0: going to make a Looney Tunes cartoon that will entertain someone every two minutes, yeah. but it's going to be in the most horrific ways yeah. possible. The
1: miniatures are obvious but charming. Uh, the the claymation dance sequence by the dead girlfriend
0: at the very Dude. beginning <laughs> is is insane. I'm never going to forget. Like that's one of those things that the first time you watch it will stick with you. Yes. Like it's a f- really good like fun effect. It's a naked zombie girlfriend pole dancing so on a dead tree. That's what I'm watching. Like <laughs> that's that's what I'm watching. And that, that yeah. kind
1: of puts you into the mood for the rest of, of the movie because as this thing goes on it's it's Ash slowly going into madness mm-hmm. a- a- as the story goes on. Uh, uh,
0: I I have to I have to shout this specific part out for Will. Um that the book he uses to squash his hand with is a farewell to arms
1: that's <laughs> yeah that's nice yeah. a visual pun that uh, will be revisited by sam well, well, not, well not not that <gasps> who's laughing now, now and he
0: stabbed his own hand
1: this is by far the movie where where uh bruce campbell gets to showcase his his chops as a physical actor oh my god entirely like it, it, it's w- him
0: for like like an hour
1: yeah just like, yeah. there, there, there is no stunt double when he's doing backflips on the floor and his possessed hand is controlling him and smashing him with, I'm, I'm assuming, breakaway pots. Uh, yeah. like he's putting himself in like almost actual danger or harm for the sake of the film. A lot of the film footage is like sped up to give it this like unnatural speed and motion, which makes it a little bit more creepy and a little uh,
0: bit more cartoony and and
1: and and uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Um, to avoid giving this, this film an, an NC 17 rating. Uh, they had to cut away a bit of the blood um uh, by and by 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 cut away of the bit of the blood i mean they turn the blood from red to black to green
0: yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's
1: never consistent so ash is at one point covered in black goop that looks like oil when uh the
0: that's what the deer's laughing about
1: yeah when the blonde guy turns into an evil dead person he bleeds green for some reason yeah so much to talk about with evil dead too it's it's hard to like Actually,
0: I think you covered a lot of it. I think we cover a lot of it because we talk about Sam Raimi. And like this is, this is the point. It's, his, his, his thing seems to just generally across the board be, I just want to entertain people. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and like every decision is guided by it. And that's why the movies are filled with things that don't need to be there. Yes. You don't, you don't have to have a sequence where they have to cover all the reflecting pools in Doctor Strange. Or she's going to get them. Like they could have Wanda to show up just by busting through the wall, but instead she's going to crawl out like Samara from the ring out of a gong. <laughs> That's awesome! Oh my gosh! in okay. this with Evil Dead, it's like that all over the place, you know? Yes. Like
1: it's it's around the third act where he starts to get uh, punny and a bit more like a bit of the ash that you see in the Army of Darkness. It's it's, it's after he's done being possessed by a deadite for the second time because of Linda's necklace and the power of love and that stuff. Yeah, but it's 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 literally I'm all right. Now let's go carve ourselves a witch. Cut to the work shed where he's strapping a chainsaw to his stump of a hand. Yes. Just so he has some sort of a weapon.
0: Yeah,
1: And it's the first time you get groovy yeah. in any of these movies.
0: It was done as an intentional um, half parody of 80s action heroes. Mm-hmm. Because I guess they didn't think how much Bruce Campbell could have very easily been a star like that Mm -hmm. and i don't know why he wasn't a lot of people it's just that's the thing i don't know why bruce campbell wasn't a huge star right doesn't make any sense but so he goes and he tries to parody one and then he ends up like being a cult favorite one and then having to play that role forever like (laughs) (laughs) it kind of does in doctor strange
1: in in the multiverse of madness where you you get to see him being a bit of a not
2: in control of his body again. What about yeah. you?
0: When did you watch? Was it your first time watching Evil Dead 2?
2: Actually, the first time I watched it was, oh, it was probably a couple of years ago. Yeah. But yeah, we rewatched it. Still really good. Yeah. Honestly, to me, the funniest part of the movie, and it, it's so dumb because it's just like you said, a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> the evil like spirit is like zooming in on the house and it breaks up the door like, ah, and he runs, turns the corner, ah, and it's like he's inside the walls yeah. but they're never ending and he's just like, <laughs> ah, and he keeps running. Ah.
1: It's almost like Sam Sam Raimi's taking you on a tour of the house so you know the layouts for everything to but come. It's, but it's within the walls. But it, but the way it ends, it's like
2: Ash vanishes, yeah. back up. Yeah. Back up. Yeah, it's like I can't find him, I'll leave it. Yes. <laughs> so just stuff like that, was, that was really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah overall like the dead movie itself
1: <laughs> oh and but the, but also the hag uh, is, is voiced by uh like like the one in the basement is voiced by sam raimi's brother
2: is it really and that was his brother yeah and actually uh, i'm
0: starting my brain is starting to leak a little bit that is evil dead 2 right yes yeah. first okay yeah yeah that was ivan raimi mm-hmm, and he, mm-hmm. he was sweaty yeah. as hell yeah. in that thing yeah. like he was, hey oh, you. Suck, out suck out your soul suck out your soul suck out your soul suck on this
1: yeah. oh sorry swallow your soul swallow this yeah there we go As stated before, Nick, this is the gauntlet where you have to answer ten questions completely objectively. Any hint of subjectivity in your questions, you get the dreaded buzzer. Now, question one, Nick, is Revenge of the Sith a good or bad
2: movie? So the rule is I have to be objective, not subjective. Correct. Okay. So, objectively, this movie, I think, obviously loses, like... With its dialogue, it just kind of falls apart at times. No?
0: Here, I think you could say objectively
2: yeah, the writing's bad. I'm sorry. The dialogue there, there, is bad. There is, movie.
0: there's a qualifier. There's a qualifier that we forget. If you want to qualify an opinion with objective reasoning, you can avoid the point, but you have 60 seconds. Gotcha. So you have to qualify with Objective facts that the dialogue being bad is something that influences the quality of this movie.
2: Hmm.
1: We went over
0: one earlier. I know that. Hmm. I we watched that. the movie. We went over many of them. I know, oh, yeah. right?
2: I'm trying to think of like the one that really works for me. Like, I'm just now. I'm just thinking through the movie. <laughs> I'm really struggling at this moment. I think
0: the buzz stands because I think we're sitting yeah, here yeah. talking about like if someone out there had never seen another movie and they mm-hmm. watched this, That's they true. they might find the dialogue tells them what they need to know. You yeah, know, yeah, like someone yeah. like kind of thing. So, I mean, I would
2: go to... Uh, um, so you got
0: one buzz. Okay. I mean, now you get to have yeah. fun.
2: So is the movie good or bad? It's good.
0: Oh, okay, cool. All right. Yeah, All right, so he like, got the point for that. So yeah, yeah. cool.
2: simple answer. It's good. All right. It has its flaws, but it's good. Question number two. What was your favorite scene? I would actually almost say the opening sequence of the movie is like, almost got there. (laughs) I saw you look at me. So to me, like when they're flying through, it's nice and calm. You're like, okay, where are they at? And then it turns over the ship and there's action. There's the explosion. Things are happening and it's very intense. I don't know. It just, it was such a shock because the first word of this movie is war. And when you first open the shot, it's quiet. And then it turns and boom, there's your war. It's happening. We have to rescue Chancellor Palpatine. If we don't, things can go bad quick. Good. You got to pass that one. Question number three, I think. Yes. What should, no, sorry. What would you remove from the movie? Hmm. So I know it seems like in that scene we talked about earlier where she's like skin and bones, it's obviously a reshoot. To me, it almost feels like you don't even need that scene because the very next sequence is him having the nightmare and it goes right into his fears of that drive him eventually to be Darth Vader in this movie. And wake, I would think entering into that shot and him just jarringly wake up and then her actually coming to him, comforting him, shows the love that they talk about in the scene prior.
0: That was the sentence I was looking for. The... The content of the scene that follows that scene delivers the same message.
1: There you go. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, I think I think I think, I, I think you passed that one. Uh, who is the best actor and who is the worst
2: actor? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I feel like the fan favorite is is Obi wan in this situation. But if I had to go based on what this movie is trying to accomplish, it's Ian McDermott uh justify it okay
0: wait 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 wait, wait 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 no i gotta buzz him on that one he said the movie is trying to accomplish something vague and that makes ian McDermott the best actor i gotta <laughs> buzz you on that one like uh. and, and it's just a little bit lost in, in the weeds here it was it's just a little again this is we're not trying to like nitpick or criticize mm-hmm. anyone here Um, it's funny because I agree with you, Yeah, but that's almost why I wanted to buzz you on Obi-Wan because I was like, Obi-Wan's a lot of people's favorite, but a lot of times the Emperor is the one, so that's subjective. But you did say other people, a fan favorite seems to be Obi-Wan, but, but it's just, it's just that when you, it's just that little bit of. So Ian McDermott, mm-hmm. you're free to talk it. Right, is better like yeah. because of what they were going for. Okay, I get that it. That bit okay. is subjective. I
2: think I just phrased it wrong, and that obviously it's all good. So well, and actually the, it actually would be helpful in, to phrase Because right, s- then other
0: people can do better later. Okay,
2: so here would be the example that I would pull from a different movie of what I'm trying to get at Robin Hood. Mm hmm. Which one? Um, the one that has Kevin Costner and. Prince of and, Thieves, got it. Prince of Thieves. Okay, yes. So, um. I can't believe I'm stumping on his name. Like, the King of Nottingham. Uh, Alan Rickman. Rickman. Yes. Snape. He understood, like, the tone of the movie that the other actors didn't. Where it's kind of campy, but not also super taking itself seriously. And he plays that role into that movie. Mm-hmm. And it just, it works, like, on every level. Understood the assignment kind yes. of stuff. Okay. And I think Ian McDermott understood the assignment for this movie it's not saying that this is trying to be well, see, more like hokey or anything that's the trick
0: though is even if 99.9999% of the world mm-hmm. agrees which i think they do that alan rickman is the one who understands the assignment in that movie and ian mcdermott is the one who understands the assignment in this movie mm-hmm. the 0.1% that goes no they were too campy they should have taken this seriously is mm-hmm. another subjective opinion that's Okay. So that's the trick.
2: Okay. So who is the worst actor in this movie? It's Natalie Portman. You think so? I th- I think she just got so like pushed to the side for most of the movie, and she mm. just doesn't have a lot to work with. So she does the best she can. You know, I but hate to I say feel I like her, she doesn't really show up in the movie in terms of her acting skills until the near the end of it. There
0: is this scene. Where Obi Wan needs to go find Anakin, and she is supposed to deliver all the emotional weight, standing in just their living room. Yeah, she's supposed to deliver all the tragic emotional weight of Anakin has turned to the dark side. Mm. How am I going to process this? How yeah. am I going to defend him? How am I? How is this real? I'm having the baby. All this stuff, mm-hmm. and she, all she can do is like choke up and deliver the dialogue that was given to her. Yeah, and it just doesn't work. She just
2: kind of stares at him a little bit, and she then, tries to kind of cry. Give your favorite quote from the movie. So uncivilized.
0: It is your favorite quote. We've been toying with this question because, you know, whatever. But technically when you answer that question, you say it's like the best. But like it's kind of, it's you just saying that's my favorite, which technically is an objective fact about you. So we probably won't actually total that point up in the end. We have to change the question. That's a bummer on us. We're working on it. It is
2: a little weird.
1: What is the movie missing?
2: Hmm. I almost feel like which I know I just messed up by saying feel.
0: might <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, finish your statement. Okay. It's fine.
2: Like I I'm kind of in the boat of you, but in the like kind of the thing we talked about earlier with like certain scenes like overdoing things, but this movie comes across more as tell, don't show. Because of the very stilted dialogue. But I know that's subjective.
0: That's fine. So, okay. We've had so many conversations about how how frustrating it is watching how at any point in the prequels, from before they start to after they're over, you could change something in the Star Wars universe and make them better.
1: Yeah. Uh, What did you enjoy from the
2: story? I think what I enjoy from the story is how it portrays... Anakin and Obi-Wan with their relationship at the beginning where he's still like kind of the Padawan to the master. Mm. But as they progress through the story, as they are forcibly separated more often than not, Anakin, like Obi-Wan has to realize Anakin can handle things on his own and he has to trust him. But when he leaves him alone with that trust, he turns to the dark side and then Obi-Wan Facts. has to go go after him. Facts. And I, to me... You
0: stop there. You, you passed this question.
2: Then there you go.
0: Okay. What, was there, we, we, you can talk more We when can expand you're out more, gauntlet, more right? soon. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So um so just try and answer the questions and then you'll, you'll make it to the All end right. of thing. Oh, yeah. okay. so we can talk
2: more about it at the end. Exactly. Yes. Kind
1: of, okay, sorry. Uh, what did you learn? Uh, sorry. Did you learn anything about making movies from watching The Revenge of the Sith?
0: I learned how hard it is to scrub out green screen.
2: That's what I was about to say based on ah! <laughs> what you were saying. But uh, let's see. So what did I learn about make uh, well, about movies from this watching this movie? Write better dialogue. I think it could really save some of your scenes. Or again, show don't tell. And I'm going to harp on that because to me the biggest problem with this movie is the dialogue. I I think the special effects yeah, are but great. like but like all that, again, I learned stuff. show
0: don't tell is objective. It could save some of your scenes is subjective.
2: Yeah,
1: you were so close. <laughs> you, you and, uh, what would make you want to watch this
2: again? So, but it's just, would you watch this again? Is uh, that the question? No, was? what would make you watch it again? Oh, what would make me watch this again? Okay. My wife telling me that she wants to watch it tonight.
0: Objective fact. You yep. can't fight that. No, That's you awesome. can't.
1: Uh, yeah. And then, the, no. Uh, the best question. The question that we ask everyone for the last question of the gauntlet. Nick, would Nicolas Cage make this a better movie? Yes. That's a buzz.
0: Okay. But sure. now why? The why? question is... How, in what role, you have to explain the way Nicolas Cage would make it better. Is it because he's Padme?
2: <laughs> no, it's cause he's Jar Jar.
0: Jar Jar didn't do nothing. It was exactly. Just Cage make in the more background. Jar
2: Jar. Being <laughs> like you make Nick Cage Jar Jar. And he's like, Mesa going on here. What's Whoa. happening? Oh,
0: no. Wow. <laughs> Why'd that suddenly feel so scary? <laughs> no, oh, no. I, 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 I... What's <laughs> a going on here? I actually wouldn't mind... Mesa <laughs> upset. <I actually> Mesa <laughs> gonna overthrow the Senate. Where
2: did yeah, Andy go? Yeah. Did I Andy just, kill
1: these kids? I actually wouldn't mind seeing Nick Cage, uh, like, on, on, on the Jedi Council. Like, I actually think it'd be funny if he, he was the one who, like, 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 forcing Anakin and Obi-Wan apart. Like, no, I think, uh... I think, uh, I think they
0: should be separate.
1: I think Obi Wan should go instead of uh Anakin.
0: I think he should be the Emperor. I thought I, about I, that, but would, yeah. and so you no one can replace Ian McDermott, yeah, right? No. That's great. But if you're gonna do some kind of wacky parody where he's shooting the lightning and Oh! <laughs> like I just want that for yeah. like five seconds. <laughs>
2: just just I Nick... just thought that him being the, the Emperor was a little too easy. Yeah. Just just Nick
1: Cage from Vampire's Kiss playing the Emperor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Order 66. Not 65. Not 67. 68. 69. 70. 71. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's all you have to do. So, um, we're having more fun with this question now than I think we ever done. Yeah. Okay. So you made it. You're done. You're done. Talk freely for a second. Okay. We got a little bit of time. So, yeah.
2: Okay. So for this movie... I definitely really enjoy it. It's easily the best of the prequel movies. I don't think many people push back on that. And this was like a movie I remember going to see in theaters like four times because it was just so much fun and enjoyable. Right now the dialogue is what kind of hits me in terms of like what I don't like about the movie. And like when you're a kid, like at 13, you kind of don't notice those things. And you're just enjoying the flashing lights. But as you get older and you notice those things, it just kind of pulls away from the film. Yeah, in a way that, especially if you've seen Clone Wars, the television show, and mm-hmm. how much better written those characters are,
0: like yeah, how much more time you have to develop exactly. Them. Right. So
2: to me, that's where I keep bumping into the dialogue because it's like you'll have one scene like we talked about with the like Padme and Anakin or where it's telling and not showing, but then the next scene shows don't tell, and that scene sequence yeah. is so much better.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned a lot a lot about show don't tell, and I I'll say that that's the the strange thing about these movies is they are supposedly made under this philosophy. um, If you played them on mute, you would understand the story and everything that's happening. Yeah. And it's kind of true, but that makes it really frustrating when things are being over explained because it feels like being talked down to or something, you know, it's, I was just talking to Curtis last week and it's, I mentioned the exact same thing about how when you're a kid and you're watching these movies, it's like some, Man behind the curtain is feeding you a story of facts that happen. It just happens to you and you accept them for what they are. You don't think what could be and constantly challenge what you're watching the way that you do when you're an adult and you kind of actively watch things. Yeah. So it's a complicated relationship where you watch these and you're like, this is the story and the myth that I was leading up to. Like the objective answer I was going to try to give you for what did you enjoy from the story? Mm -hmm. This is the story of Anakin becoming Darth Vader. Yes. You know, you can say that, and that's an objective fact, and you can, you know, say you enjoy that about the story, and it just kind of, that's the key that resonates with everyone. Mm -hmm. That's the point. Yeah. The whole promise. This one movie arguably could have been split into three movies, and that would have been the trilogy everyone wanted.
2: Yeah. Like, because everybody's biggest complaint is that Anakin turns too quickly. mm. But surprise, surprise, some people are saying that about Wanda Uh, and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, that her turn is too quick. And my pushback is that you weren't paying attention.
0: Ah, Yeah. Well, honestly, to be fair, I just, I, I think it's, I, I think it's a direction thing, but I, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. But I mean,
2: they, they try to sow the seeds in the movies and the movie doesn't do a great job of it. But it just seems that once Anakin became Darth Vader, it seems that that's when a lot of people kind of checked into the movie mm-hmm. versus kind of seeing the, the questionable things that Jedi were doing earlier in the movie that was making him be like, is this the right path I need to go? And then you know, going with the Emperor and the Emperor talking about the flaws of the Jedi and how, yes, it's a point of view, but here's how the Sith can help you in achieving your personal goals, which that's what the Sith want to do anyways. They want to achieve their own personal goals. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They make Anakin so slow on the uptake. And it's funny because I don't think it's that slow. I think if you remove the, the feeling of, like, surprise... If you had just made him not act surprised that he found out that the dude's the Sith Lord, mm-hmm. it would have done a world of difference. Like right. in, in this, because Anakin is talking to him, he's talking about being evil. Everyone else is thinking duty's evil. Yeah. But then it's the fact that he actually pulls out his sword and he's like, "You're the Sith Lord." Like, it makes it seem like he didn't get it all this time. Yeah, it makes yeah. him seem dumb. Like, it's really frustrating. Yeah, no,
2: and it doesn't help that. You know, they set him on this assignment to watch the Chancellor because they don't trust him because he's held his power for too long. They're assigned and they're telling Anakin these things. And it yeah. just like goes over his head because he's built this relationship with Palpatine over these years.
0: It begs the question, if you if you didn't know, if you got to watch these movies without having seen any Star Wars and you didn't know it was going to happen, would everyone feel as dumb? Yeah, You know, when when they're all standing around a table and Mace Windu is like, I sense a plot to destroy the Jedi. Really? Yeah. Just now? Three movies in? After you saw a Sith Lord kill a Jedi? Yeah. In episode one, 15 years ago, you <laughs> sense a plot to destroy the Jedi? Yeah. Like, it's so bizarre. And these are examples of the dialogue, too, that you're talking about. It's just, like, clubs you over the head with, like, mm-hmm. no, why I, are we I, talking about like, this? Yeah. Like,
1: oh. Now I will say that uh, after our talk last time with uh, episodes two and one, and how you keep saying that uh, not not only is this a, a step backwards in in time for the prequels, it's a step backwards in time as far as like film appreciation and and what George Lucas is drawing from. Mm. Because watching episode three now, I, I and ha- after seeing a whole bunch of like thirties and forties films at this point, like, I see a lot of of similar film language from from those movies being put on Star Wars here.
0: Well, it's still a lot of noir. Yes, I mean, like the the shade of the curtains over Anakin's face when he's talking to Yoda, mm-hmm. and then like you said, the shade dividing him between Obi Wan. Yeah, there's there's not a lot of um, you know, Dutch angles and like yeah, and no. like paranoia and all. But like, if Anakin had an inner monologue running of distrust, like, and Anakin was just a little bit more shifty, mm-hmm. she'd be like a femme fatale. If like her love with him is supposed to bring him to the dark side, you know, like there's. There's hints of it, but it's still an adventure serial, so you can't have it be this thing. You yeah. know, it's like... I mean,
1: it's, it's interesting to look at and notice, but, it, it, but whether or not it affects the film in a positive way, I don't know about that. It I almost mean, feels like it slows it down a bit too much.
0: In the end, I hate to say this because it's just true for everything, so it's kind of a cop-out. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. What you feel about these movies is your personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I watched this for the first time and I intentionally tried to comb my hair like Anakin when I was going to see it because I had already played Lego Star Wars. I had already read the Dark Horse graphic novel of it, but I didn't tell my friend that I knew it was going to happen. So I just went in and um, <laughs> and uh, then I think the first time that I saw the movie on DVD was at your guy's house because yep. you got a bootleg copy of it, you yep. pirates. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like a story that I share with people. That I care about. You know?
2: Yes. And I know I mentioned this earlier and that you saying that kind of brought it up. Like, we were sitting there getting ready to watch this movie, or at least starting the movie. And you were talking about how you were, like, excited again to watch this movie. Only after the movie started. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But I feel like I enjoy these movies better when I watch them with other people. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but, like,
1: like, like watching R2 uh, on the speeder. With 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 Anakin talking to Obi Wan, like, Mm -hmm. gave me like a wave of nostalgia, like being back in the theater again that I haven't felt Mm -hmm. since then. it, It it it's hard to explain. Yeah.
0: Well, um, we're done with the prequels. We are gonna do a weird coverage of a TV show for the first time. I think when we've watched Obi Wan. Yeah. So I guess we did this a little quick. I don't know. You have yeah. less.
2: You only. You have less than two weeks. Yeah, but then
0: we got to wait for the show to be over. Oh, and Disney okay. is doing this tragically misguided thing of dropping them one episode at a time. Although Obi Wan, the first two episodes are dropping at the same time. Um, I I think that's really harming them because they essentially have three hour movies on their hands, and they're making the whole world press pause every thirty minutes for a week.
2: I disagree. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. Well,
0: I'll say for WandaVision, no. They structured that one as multiple episodes. But from Loki, from, I no, yeah, actually every one of them, I would stand by it. So go ahead.
2: So the reason why I disagree is because think of how you use Netflix. You watch and binge all your show that you want all at once mm-hmm. in a span of two days, and then you leave it alone for months. You may not touch it for again for a while. Yeah. Disney Plus releasing one episode at a time forces you to come back every week. And maybe you see something different on there and you're like, oh, I haven't watched Star Wars Visions yet. Why don't I check that out? You know, I mean, it just it slowly might work for the formula, but
0: say that again a little bit slowly. It forces you. Then, yeah. Uh, uh, that's kind of what I'm saying. It's like mm-hmm. if I were to – But you're saying it's a tragic
2: mix step, misstep on Disney and I think that's not. I think that's wrong right. because when, you're, when you're forcing your people to constantly come back and use your app over and over and over again – you don't run into the But it's head. Gain-
0: it's rapidly gaining an excessive amount of mm. negative feedback. By the end of almost every Marvel show that's come out, Hawkeye started with excessive praise mm-hmm. ended with excessive criticism especially mm-hmm. over the last fuck episode, it I'm just gonna end it underwhelming anyway thank show. you all for I would uh, think that joining us here on this film not, this not rated my
1: name is Curtis and you and can follow me on twitter at 90 at like 90s gamer 407 you can also follow me on twitch uh, at uh, uh, Eric underscore where I play games and drink whiskey while doing it
0: and I'm Eric and you can follow me uh uh, on Twitter at High Contrast FLM. Uh,
2: and this is Nick, and you can follow me at Nmore4492 on Twitter. Instead of maybe just giving you a couple uh, more all right. episodes, so, this has been a fluster you're writing it versus, no, we have to stick to this six episode structure.
0: Okay, so it'd be interesting if they were able to free flow the series. Yeah. Right? I think you can do one of two things because they clearly want to tell the standalone story. Yeah. Like, clearly like it ends at a certain point it has to feed into something what if had to be what if in order for this to happen wandavision had to be wandavision turn Mm -hmm. this into something so six eight episodes they could flex it but i think they could either really try and dig deeper and give them longer seasons of a show Mm -hmm. or what i'm saying eric eric
2: eric it's over
0: we're done